Hello, I hope you're having a wonderful day. This is Point of View with Shirley Polk, right here on the World Wide Web. God is good to each of us, and I am so thankful to Him because He has spared another day to us. We are alive, and we are as well as we are. And it's because of the grace of God that we are who we are, where we are, and it is when it is. And I am thankful for that. Be thankful for every millisecond of the day. Be thankful. Be thankful. Today's webcast is entitled, Tips for Building a Healthy Relationship. And this is one of the, I think this is the six or seven segments on relationships. Tips for building a healthy relationship. Do you want to feel loved and connected to your partner? Learn how to build and keep a romantic relationship that's healthy, happy, and satisfying. And this is from helpguide.org. Help, H-E-L-P, guide, G-U-I-D, dot O-R-G. Helpguide.org. Building a healthy relationship. All romantic relationships go through ups and downs, and they all take work, commitment, and a willingness to adapt and change with your partner. But whether your relationship is just starting out or you've been together for years, there are steps you can take to build a healthy relationship. Even if you've experienced a lot of failed relationships in the past, or struggled before to rekindle the fires of romance in your current relationship, you can learn to stay connected, find fulfillment, and enjoy lasting happiness. So what makes a healthy relationship? Every relationship is unique, and people come together for many different reasons. Part of what defines a healthy relationship is sharing a common goal for exactly what you want the relationship to be and where you want it to go. And that's something you'll only know by talking deeply and honestly with your partner. However, there are also some characteristics that most healthy relationships have in common. Knowing these basic principles can help keep your relationship meaningful, fulfilling and exciting whatever goals you're working towards or challenges you're facing together. This next segment, paragraph is, you remain a meaningful, emotional connection with each other. These are very important points in maintaining a healthy relationship. What makes a healthy relationship? These help us out. 
You each make the other feel loved and emotionally fulfilled. There's a difference between being loved and feeling loved. F-E-E-L-I-N-G. Now, when you feel loved, it makes you feel accepted and valued by your partner, like someone truly gets you. Some relationships get stuck in peaceful coexistence, but without the partners truly relating to each other emotionally. So while the union may seem stable on the surface, a lack of ongoing involvement and emotional connection serves only to add distance between two people. Next paragraph. You're not afraid of respectful disagreement. You get that word? Respectful disagreement. We're talking about what makes a healthy relationship. Some couples talk things out quietly while others may raise their voices and passionately disagree. The key in a strong relationship, though, is not to be fearful of conflict. I repeat, the key in a strong relationship is not to be fearful of conflict. You need to feel safe to express things that bother you without fear of retaliation and be able to resolve conflict without humiliation, degradation, or insisting on being right. Next, you keep outside relationship and interests alive. Despite the claim of romantic fiction or movies, no one person can meet all of your needs. In fact, expecting too much from your partner can put unhealthy unhealthy pressure on a relationship. So to stimulate and enrich your romantic relationship, it's important to sustain your own identity outside of the relationship, preserve connections with your family and friends, and maintain your hobbies and interests. This is very important. This is very, very important, okay? Next, you communicate openly and honestly. Good communication is a key part of any relationship. When both people know what they want from the relationship and feel comfortable expressing their needs, fears, and desires, it can increase trust and strengthen the bond between you. Our next section, falling in love versus staying in love. And I'm, I'm reading this word for word, and then I do my point of view. You hear me interjecting here, okay? But this is such a good article, and I will repeat what I've said over and over again. There are many, many people who have researched, studied, and written blogs, uh, 
essays, whatever you want to call it, on many, 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 every subject I believe in the world. And I search those out and study them and try to relay the best information to you. Now, I can write and I do study and I can write these things out, but there are people who have already written these things. And when I interject, that's my point of view on it. But there are so many great researchers out there, doctors of psychology, medicine, whatever you want to, whatever field, therapists, they have given us this information and I'm relaying it to you along with my point of view. All right. Falling in love versus staying in love. For most people, falling in love usually seems to just happen. It's staying in love or preserving that falling in love experience that requires commitment and work. Given its rewards, though, it's well worth the effort. A healthy, secure romantic relationship can serve as an ongoing source of support and happiness in your life through good times and bad, strengthening all aspects of your well-being. By taking steps now to preserve or rekindle your falling in love experience, you can build a meaningful relationship that lasts even for a lifetime. Many couples focus on their relationship only when there are specific, unavoidable problems to overcome. Once the problems have been resolved, they often switch their attention back to their careers, children, or other interests. However, romantic relationships require ongoing attention and commitment for love to flourish. As long as the health of a romantic relationship remains important to you, it is going to require your attention and effort. Effort, okay? And identifying and fixing a small problem in your relationship now can often help prevent it from growing into a much larger one down the road. The following tips can help you to preserve that falling in love experience and keep your romantic relationships healthy. This is such a good article. This is such a good article. Tip number one, spend quality time face to face. You fall in love looking at and listening to each other. If you continue to look and listen in the same attentive ways, you can sustain the falling in love experience over the long term. You probably have fond memories of when you were first dating your loved one. Everything seemed new and exciting, and you likely spent hours just chatting together or coming up with the new, exciting things to try. However, 
As time goes by, the demands of work, family, other obligations, and the need we all have for time to ourselves can make it harder to find time together. Many couples find that the face-to-face contact of their early dating days is gradually replaced by hurried texts, emails, and instant messages. While digital communication is great for some purposes, it doesn't positively impact your brain and nervous system in the same way as face-to-face communication. Sending a text or voice message to your partner saying, I love you is great, but if you rarely look at them or have the time to sit down together, they'll still feel you don't understand or appreciate them and you'll become more distanced or disconnected as a couple. The emotional cues you both need to feel loved can only be conveyed in person. So no matter how busy life gets, it's important to carve out time to spend together. Commit to spending some quality time together on a regular basis. No matter how busy you are, take a few minutes each day to put aside your electronic devices, stop thinking about other things, and really focus on and connect with your partner. Next, find something that you enjoy doing together, whether it is a shared hobby, dance class, daily walk, or sitting over a cup of coffee in the morning. Try something new together. Doing new things together can be a fun way to connect and keep things interesting. It can be as simple as trying a new restaurant or going on a day trip to a place you've never been before. Next, focus on having fun together. Couples are often more fun and playful in the early stages of a relationship. However, this playful attitude can sometimes be forgotten as life challenges start getting in the way or old resentments start building up. Keeping a sense of humor can actually help you get through tough times, reduce stress, and work through issues more easily. Think about playful ways to surprise your partner, like bringing flowers home or unexpectedly booking a table at their favorite restaurant. Playing with pets or small children can also help you reconnect with your playful side. Oh yes. So here's another section here. Do things together that benefit others. One of the most powerful ways to staying close and connected is to jointly focus on something you and your partner value outside of the relationship, like volunteering for the cause, project, or community work that has meaning to both of you can keep a relationship fresh 
and interesting. It can also expose you both to new people and ideas, offer the chance to tackle new challenges together, and provide fresh ways of interacting with each other. As well as helping to relieve stress, anxiety, and depression, doing things to benefit others delivers immense pleasure. Human beings are hardwired to help others. The more you help, the happier you'll feel as individuals and as a couple. And I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Tip two, stay connected through communication. Good communication is a fundamental part of a healthy relationship. When you experience a positive emotional connection with your partner, you feel safe and happy. When people stop communicating well, they stop relating well, and times of change or stress can really bring out the disconnect. It may sound simplistic, but as long as you are communicating, you can usually work through whatever problems you're facing. Now, tell your partner what you need. Don't make them guess. It's not always easy to talk about what you need. For one, many of us don't spend enough time thinking about what's really important to us in a relationship. And even if you do know what you need, talking about it can make you feel vulnerable, embarrassed, or even ashamed. But look at it from your partner's point of view, providing comfort and understanding to someone you love is a pleasure, not a burden. If you've known each other for a while, you may assume that your partner has, has a pretty good idea of what you're thinking and what you need. However, your partner is not a mind reader. While your partner may have some idea, it is much healthier to express your needs directly to avoid any confusion. Your partner may sense something, but it might not be what you need. What's more, people change, and what you needed and wanted five years ago, for example, may be very different now. So instead of letting resentment, misunderstanding, or anger grow when your partner continually gets it wrong, get in the habit of telling them exactly what you need. Now, next, take note of your partner's nonverbal cues. Very, very important. So much of our communication is transmitted by what we don't say. Nonverbal cues, which include eye contact, tone of voice, posture, and gestures such as leaning forward, crossing your arms, or touching someone's hand communicate much more than words. When you can pick up on your partner's nonverbal cues or body language, you'll be able to tell how they feel or really feel 
and be able to respond accordingly. For a relationship to work well, each person has to understand their own and their partner's nonverbal cues. Your partner's response may be different from yours. For example, one person might find a hug after a stressful day a loving mode of communication, while another might just want to take a walk together or sit and chat. It is important to make sure that what you say matches your body language. If you say, I'm fine, but you clench your teeth and look away, then your body is clearly signaling you are anything but fine. When you experience positive emotional cues from your partner, you feel loved and happy. And when you send positive emotional cues, your partner feels the same. When you stop taking an interest in your own or your partner's emotions, you'll damage the connection between you and your ability to communicate will suffer, especially during stressful times. Next, be a good listener. While a great deal of emphasis in our society is put on talking, if you can learn to listen in a way that makes another person feel valued and understood, you can build a deeper, stronger connection between you. There's a big difference between listening in this way and simply hearing. When you really listen, when you're engaged with what's being said, you'll hear the subtle intonations in your partner's voice that tells you how they're really feeling and the emotions they're trying to communicate. Being a good listener doesn't mean you have to agree with your partner or change your mind, but it will help you find common points of view that can help you to resolve conflict. And here's a segment, a little section on manage stress. When you're stressed and emotionally overwhelmed, you're more like to misread your romantic partner, send confusing or off-putting nonverbal signals, or lapse into unhealthy knee-jerk patterns or behavior. How often have you been stressed and flown off the handle at your loved one and said or done something you later regretted? If you can listen to quickly manage stress and return to a calm state, Excuse me, if you can learn to quickly manage stress and return to a calm state, you not only avoid such regrets, but you'll also help to avoid conflict and misunderstandings and even help to calm your partner when tempers build. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Number three, tip number three. Keep physical intimacy alive. Touch is a fundamental part of human existence. Studies on infants have shown the importance of regular, affectionate contact for brain development. 
and the benefits don't end in childhood. Affectionate contact boosts the body's levels of oxytocin, a hormone that influences bonding and attachment. While sex is often a cornerstone of a committed relationship, it, shouldn't, it should not be the only method of physical intimacy. Frequent, affectionate touch, holding hands, hugging, kissing is equally important. Of course, it's important to be sensitive to what your partner likes. Unwanted touching or inappropriate overtures can make the other person tense up and retreat exactly what you don't want. As with so many other aspects of a healthy relationship, this can come down to how well you communicate your needs and intentions with your partner. Even if you have pressing workloads or young children to worry about, you can help to keep physical intimacy alive by carving out some regular couple time, whether it's in the form of a date night or simply an hour at the end of the day when you can sit and talk or hold hands. Tip four. Learn to give and take in your relationship. If you expect to get what you want 100% of the time in a relationship, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Healthy relationships are built on compromise. However, it takes work on each person's part to make sure that there is a reasonable exchange. Now recognize what's important to your partner. Now knowing what's truly important to your partner can go a long way towards goodwill and an atmosphere of compromise. Or the flip side, on the flip side, it's also important for your partner to recognize your wants and for you to state them clearly. Constantly giving to others at the expense of your own needs will only build resentment and anger. Another helpful hint here. Don't make winning your goal. If you approach your partner with the attitude that things have to be your way or else, it will be difficult to reach a compromise. Sometimes this attitude comes from not having your needs met while younger, or it could be years of accumulated resentment in the relationship reaching a boiling point. It's all right to have strong convictions about something, but your partner deserves to be heard as well. Be respectful of, your, of the other person and their viewpoint. This next section talks about us learning how to respectfully resolve conflict. Now, conflict is inevitable in any relationship, 
but to keep a relationship strong, both people need to feel they've been heard. The goal is not to win, but to maintain and strengthen the relationship. Make sure you are fighting fair. Keep the focus on the issue at hand and respect the other person. Don't start arguments over things that cannot be changed. Next, don't attack someone directly, but use I statements to communicate how you feel. For example, instead of saying, you make me feel bad, try, I feel bad when you do that. Don't drag old arguments into the mix. Rather than looking to past conflicts or grudges and assigning blame, focus on what you can do in the here and now to resolve the problem. Next, be willing to forgive. Resolving conflict is impossible if you're unwilling or unable to forgive others. Next, if tempers flare, take a break. Take a few minutes to relieve stress and calm down before you say or do something you'll regret. Always remember that you're arguing with the person you love. Next, know when to let something go. If you can't come to an agreement, agree to disagree. It takes two people to keep an argument going. If a conflict is going nowhere, you can choose to disengage and move on. Very important, very important. Tip five, be prepared for ups and downs. It's important to recognize that there are ups and downs in every relationship. You won't always be on the same page. Sometimes one partner may be struggling with an issue that stresses them, such as the death of a close friend or family member, okay? Now, other events like job loss or severe health problems can affect both partners and make it difficult to relate to each other. You might have different ideas of managing finances or raising children. Different people cope with stress differently and misunderstandings can rapidly turn to frustration and anger. So be prepared for ups and downs, okay? Now don't take out your problems on your partner. Oh, this is so important. Life stresses can make us short-tempered. If you're coping with a lot of stress, it might seem easier to vent with your partner and even feel safer to snap at them. Fighting like this might initially feel like a release, but it slowly poisons your relationship. Find other healthier ways to manage your stress, anger, and frustration. Next, trying to force a solution can cause even more problems. Every person 
works through problems and issues in their own way. Remember that you're a team. Continuing to move forward together can get you through the rough spots. Next, look back to the early stages of your relationship. Share the moments that brought the two of you together. Examine the point at which you began to drift apart and resolve how you can work together to rekindle that falling in love experience. Next, be open to change. Change is inevitable in life and it will happen whether you go with it or fight it. Flexibility is essential to adapt to the change that is always taking place in any relationship and it allows you to grow together through both the good times and the bad. Next, and we're rounding it up, okay? If you need outside help for your relationship, reach out together. Sometimes problems in a relationship can seem too complex or overwhelming for you to handle as a couple. And there's couples therapy, which, you know, can help you. Couples therapy or talking together with a trusted friend or religious figure can help. It can help. This is such a great article. The authors in this article are Lawrence Robinson, Melinda Smith, and Jean Siegel. And they last updated this in December of 2019, so it's fairly newly updated. This is such a great article. I, I trust and pray that this will help you if you need help. And if you don't need the help, pass it on to someone else. This is Point of View with Shirley Polk. You can reach me at 469-629-9543. Email mssp.davis at hotmail.com. M-S-S-P-Davis at Hotmail.com I hope that you're enjoying these relationship segments because I know that I have relayed to you some great, great, great information from all of these different authors and these different sites and I enjoy relaying it to you. I love you. Enjoy your day, night, evening, whichever it is that you're listening to this podcast.